mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 22 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're finally at season two. We're Woo-hoo! going over episode one, Serpent Slayer. <laughs> finally season two. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it's, known it, as finally season two. <laughs> well, it also seems like we just started, like it doesn't seem like we have... 22 plus episodes? Yeah, that, no. It doesn't make any sense at all. We still clearly don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're just kind of going. But, but it's we're fun. having fun. Yeah. It seems like you guys are enjoying it's it. It's all so. about the journey. <laughs> it's not the destination. Alrighty, so Serpent Slayer, beginning of season two, the second part of the two parter, or the third part of the three parter, depending on how you kind of want to look at that. Or the fourth part, if you want to include the clip show. Or like or... the fourth part on the three episode with one in the middle. It's kind of like that episode of DuckTales. That's right. <laughs> Let's start season two off right. Where we go down and to, I think it's like someplace in South America, and it's actually technically the movie, but it's the first four episodes of the show also. So it's like what Archer did when they just cut everything yeah. off for Futurama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, it's okay. exactly right. Right. Well, <laughs> we're going to start actually talking about the episode, which first aired on June 26, 1998. Um, it was written by Brad Wright, directed by Jonathan Glasner, two, ta- two names we've never heard before nope, ever. I don't know any of those things. The, uh, <laughs> the... I mean, really, there's only one guest star to talk about. Mm, mm. I think I know who we're talking that about. That is Tony Amendola, a.k.a. Braytag the Awesome. <laughs> because... Braytag the Badass. He, dude, he is a badass yeah, yeah. in this episode. Basically, like, uh, you know... Whereas we think Tilk is a badass, he's merely a mere mortal copy yes. of Braytag. Exactly. Braytag is the essence of badassness. Yes. He's like, you know, what Plato Tilk was looking for. Tilk is still for. learning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the essence of badassness is Braytag. Yeah. And Tilk is purely our human form of him. And then the other. <laughs> or not human. But you know what I mean. We also have Apophis, we have Chlorel Clorox, um, <laughs> and then we have Samuels. By the way, oh, yeah. just to just to let you know, mm-hmm. goodbye and good riddance. We'll never see Samuels again. Amen. Ever because Amen. he's a giant like jerk slug. face. Now is this Captain Jerkface? It is, right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah. because <laughs> Mayborn is ass face. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a little junior. Junior. Uh, <laughs> again, um, he's not the essence of ass face. <laughs> he's just a mere replica of it. <laughs> um, and we don't. We actually find this out in the in the later episode. I don't remember where it is. It's not a spoiler, but it's just kind of a fun fact about okay. what happens in this whole episode. Because obviously the Earth, people of the Earth will notice <laughs> that this went on, considering later the, like, the entire country is, you know, noticed a giant flash in the sky. Right. Basically, this passes off as a giant, massive solar flare. Oh. It's the whole shabacle. That's the cover story <laughs> to the people of Earth. Nice. It's a giant, massive solar flare. That's a pretty good one. Now, mind you, intelligent people are going, that's not how 
how solar flares work. Yeah, and they're going, let us put you on this ship to another planet, smart person. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, there's a lot of not intelligent people in the world, and mm-hmm. science is one of the least knowledgeable things, so they're sure. probably going to just go ahead with it's a solar flare. Yeah, they're like, all right, let's buy it. Yeah. We're done. So to start off the episode, we zoom in on the uh, mother attack ship. Uh, and our team, there's a, it's like a great effect shot. It's that classic zoom in through the window from a distance yes, to yeah. to the uh, main people. Um, Carter tells Jack that there'll be one hell of a dent when the C4 explodes uh, to stand by uh, to detonate it. But not before Daniel sets one more charge because he really wants to blow that shit up. Yeah, so we're basically like, hey, remember where we were, guys? We're yeah. floating in space. We're about to blow some shit up and try and make a difference. And they're ready to blow themselves up and sacrifice themselves. Yep. And we have the great line of, <laughs> now where's, this is the, now's the part where I say something profound. <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. Let's do it. Yep, that's Jack for you. You know, that's exactly <laughs> what he would do. He could at least quote from one of your favorites, the Independence Day thing. He could have totally he could just, day. you know, recite a song <laughs> and no, but no, he could have done like Eye of the Tiger in spoken word and nobody would have known the difference. <laughs> to be fair, the three of the, well, Teal would have, <laughs> Sam and Daniel would have. Do we of, think Daniel would have known? It's, uh, do you think Daniel? Pretty sure he knows Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> okay, fine. He might be socially <laughs> inept, but he does know, po- he's, he's alive on the world. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he exists <laughs> in there, on Earth. Like, you can't avoid Eye of the in, Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, whether you want to or not. <laughs> I mean, he may fair. or may not have seen Rocky. That's true. But I'm sure he's already out of the tiger. Very fair. Very fair. So we're... <laughs> and now Apophis' ship is here. Um, and so if they blow this ship, it's not going to do anything to that ship. And Apophis is still going to destroy all the right. cities. So the timers are set. It's 21 hours before they blow. Um, and there's no there's no other way off the ship beside... Or out of the room besides the door that's swarming with Jaffa. And it's turning out to be a very bad day, according yeah, to Jack. Yeah, this is not going to be good. Yeah. The very bad day is an ongoing motif yeah. that I'm quite <laughs> fond of through this episode. Um, suddenly a small orb is thrown into the room. Everyone is hit with the ultimate light and sound show. It's like the ultimate shot grenade. Yes, I like it. Um, yeah. And the whole Everyone's team just... Dazed. The whole team falls unconscious. Yep. Credits. The end. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. The beginning. <laughs> so we, the whole team wakes up in a cell... Slight concern, though, because they can't see anything. Teal just, like, sits up, and then we have, like, Jack just sticks his hand up, and is just, like, feeling Teal's face. Yeah, he's Helen Kellering his face. (laughs) And he's like, let me see, eyebrows? Weird scar in the middle of the forehead? Oh, this must be Teal. (laughs) Teal does assure them that it's only temporary. um, But that shot grenade does hurt, apparently. Right. Sam wakes up and bites bites Jack's hand. You know... Of course she does. <laughs> to be fair, if I'm waking up because a hand is touching my face, I'm probably going to react by yeah, biting it. That's, that's not a bad Maybe idea. Maybe not in everyday life, but if I if was you were on like a, a ship right, with aliens, on a strange foreign yeah, place where yeah, you're yeah. under attack, definitely bite things. <laughs> Daniel is in the back uh, moaning and, and lamenting and uh, being generally emo-ish about the fact that they failed. Right, flipping his hair. Jack Jack assures <laughs> him that they've gotten out of worse situation, but Teal points out that he can't remember Yeah, any. he's like, really? <laughs> yeah, Teal has to be the Super smartest here. Helpful, Actually, Teal. Yeah. Teal, this is the part where we aim to be think positively so yeah, yeah, we can yeah. stay alive. <laughs> Daniel points out this is exactly what happened. They'll start destroying all the major cities. Jack assures him again he survived it once. He'll do it again. Right. It's just a very bad day. Awful, terrible, no good, very bad day. 
<laughs> Change his name to Alexander. <laughs> Never read that or seen it. Oh, I don't know that you need to see it. I but have, it is a great book. I don't think I need to see it. No. 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 So... Sam and Teal'c are starting to get their vision back. It's like the blurry color, you know, yeah. seeing light. Sure. Um, Jack tells Sam that if anyone comes in, to bite them in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Scar is pasted in the sarcophagus to heal. We hear a Jaffa shouting orders, and his voice sounds slightly familiar. Dun dun dun. Maybe. And he zats a Jaffa. So. Yeah. This is where we comes in. Well, this is where our buddy yes. comes in because I've got exclamation points, but I don't want to jump to the wrong. But part we of don't it. actually know who this is. Okay, like his, <laughs> you can you can you recognize his voice, so you're pretty sure you know who it is, right? But and besides the fact that he just turned on another Jaffa. yeah. But like we don't, we're not we're like, showing. well, it's not Teal'c. and it's so who yeah. else we might We don't that have be? the grand reveal yet. Yes, it's okay. just a wink. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Someone's coming. Someone's you know coming. This is? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> so back at the SGC, Hammond is in his BDUs, which means it is business time. Shit has hit the fan. Oh yeah, uh, it's not the it's not the file sorting kind of business. Right? No, this, this is, is like the real. Get business. your hands dirty. Roll your. So he wants up. to know why Samuels is here. Uh, Samuels was ordered by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Kinsey to coordinate with the Pentagon. Um, and the forces haven't gone on full alert yet because they don't really want to do anything to alert the ghoul that we know that the ghoul are there. Right, right. Um, which Hammond thinks is horseshit, mm-hmm. basically. Samuel says that they wouldn't be here if they would, like buried the gate like he suggested. But that's in the past now. Don't worry, I'm not going to bring it up. The way to bring it up, but you're not going to bring up, dude. And way he, to, like, I told you so. Yeah. Blah. And he's here to authorize the use of the Gould Busters, which he helped oversee the development of with Colonel Mayborn. Do you think he was watching Ghostbusters and Probably. was like, what should we call this? Oh, let's just call it Gould Busters. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. one will ever know where I got this name from. Uh, they're being prepared at Area 51, and they're getting prepped for launch right now at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Which, fun fact, Vandenberg is basically, um, it's between L.A. and San yes. Francisco, and it's sort of the... West Coast Air Force Kennedy Space Center, essentially. Sure, that, we can call it that. Yeah, it's it's kind of inland. It's well, it's way inland, not kind of inland, well, but in the middle of nowhere desert area. Yeah, so, yeah it's, you it's can the, do play um, there, and, and it's not part of the Air enough. Force Space Command. But it's basically if if you have something launching from the West Coast, it's being That's launched from Vandenberg. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, and if I, I. Cannot be 100% correct to this. I'm fairly sure that's where the shuttles land, landed at. Yes, because I remember them, like, driving it from yeah, there. To it's, I'm, I'm, like, I'm fairly <laughs> confident be, that they holy all... Holy shit, that thing is huge. Yeah, they all landed there, and then they got loaded on the really awesome shuttle carrier yeah. <laughs> plane, which is the coolest plane ever. Yeah. It's a plane that carries a space shuttle yeah. on its back. Yeah. It's... Come on. <laughs> How cool is that, guys? It is, like, the, like the, the, you know, the space nerds equivalent of, like, that KFC sandwich where the chicken where the, was bread. <laughs> it is like a plane that carries a shuttle that's a, that, plane yeah, yeah, basically. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to be going on about my love of space shuttles later in this episode. <laughs> shocker. Spoiler warning. I love space yeah, shuttles. Yeah, spoiler warning. Shock, shock. Makes you like space. What? Space. <laughs> so a smooth voice Jaffa rings the apotheship and reports to him that Chlorel was wounded and he's healing. Um, and he's just sent back to go kill SG-1. <laughs> <laughs> but just his pop is, handle that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and Apophis will wait to attack Earth until Clorox wakes again. Because, you know, yeah, you, well, he's you might wait. as well yeah. have some fun. And, you know, you don't want to take away all of Clorox's fun. But yeah, yeah. You want everybody to see what's going on. So Samuel says the delay in attack, because they've noticed that the ships have stopped now. Right. So Samuel says the delay in the attack will help them with time to prepare. The Gouldbusters are Mark 12A warheads enriched with Naquita, which SG-5 brought back a big ago. And they now have over 1,000 megatons each. They're going to launch them into retrograde orbit at the same time. Uh, and they're also made out of stealth materials since the ghoul ships naturally use the same type of radar. And Hammond points that out of how do you know that these stealth are going to work? Um, but Samuels is like, it's all they have. He's sure this gamble is going to work. And Hammond, you can just say, it's just waiting to go. We told you so. But look, it makes sense work. because let's, let's, you know, let's approach this from his point of view. We're going to put all the shit that we know of because the stuff we don't know, we don't know we don't know. This is true. But, um, like, but Hammond knows better because he's yeah. like, hey, there's stuff we don't know. Exactly. Got it. So just to give you uh, sort of an indication of how ridiculous 1,000 megatons is. Yes, please, because those so, are numbers. <laughs> um. A Mark 21 nuclear bomb is normally four to five megatons. Okay. They were manufactured between 55 and 56, gotcha. and they stopped. In comparison, Little Boy and Fat Man, the two bombs that were dropped, dropped in, in, in World War II, the first one was 13 to 18 kilotons. So a lot less. And Fat Man was 20 to 22 kilotons. So this is like 100 times the most 100 powerful, times that? The most powerful nuclear bomb ever tested was tested in Russia, and it was 50 megatons. And if the number that I checked the site, and it was kind of a really morbidly interesting uh-huh. uh, list of like every nuclear bomb and okay. everything like this. If those numbers are correct, uh, and I actually read them correctly, all nuclear testing combined, like actual testing of nuclear bombs combined, hasn't equaled anywhere near a thousand megatons. It's Jesus. like just over half of that. So wow. they're preparing to launch two bombs that individually are... Enough like, to blow up a planet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what the hell is that going to do to our atmosphere when these yeah, things are that's not going to be good. Blown like just above the, our... the shrapnel alone. <laughs> the, like, like, we're we're radiationally poisoned we're, slowly. We're mutants now. Like... We are now mutants. <laughs> this is, like, I can see this turning the entire planet into, like, nuclear winter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like my mutants idea. It's less, <laughs> it's less sad. <laughs> so, needless to say... Each one being over a thousand megatons is ridiculous. Yeah, not possible. Granted, Naquita is extremely powerful. So right. in universe, I can see that the Naquita would include that because we saw what the, a little bit of Naquita did underground when we were talking about Cassie. So even the guys being anywhere near this stuff, like they're yeah. done. It's, they're done. It's well, I think the Naquita is inert. So I'm okay. assuming these are still. Four to five megatons. It's when they combine it with the Naquita, okay. Uh, okay. which they're standing next to the Stargate, not sure. dying that's, all the time. That's very so. true. Yeah, but still, yeah. highly stupid to put that <laughs> in the atmosphere. Yeah, let's just put this highly unstable thing that we've never tried. Oh, I before. wonder. Here's a question of if the nuke. Actually, maybe it wouldn't necessarily damage the Earth's atmosphere too much because it's still probably four to five megatons worth of radiation. It's just the Naquita is maybe ex- making the actual explosion itself more possible powerful you're saying so much science at me right now never mind (laughs) and i'm just gonna follow your lead oh back to the episode so back on the ship uh daniel's hand doesn't blur anymore at least yeah hey look at that um and a certain guard arrives at the cell 
Surprise! It's Britain! <laughs> Bad voice. We recognize. We were correct. That's a friend of ours. Yay! It's good to have you know one friend somewhere. A Jaffa friend. Well, friend. He's Ish. a bit mad at SG One right now and just backhands Jack when yeah. he walks in the room. <laughs> but I can see that. I can see wanting to backhand Jack all the time <laughs> if you are someone like Ray Tech. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so he's he just kind of like just yells at them. He's doing everything he can to keep them alive. He had to go through hoops to regain Apophis' yeah. trust. Think about it. If Teok is like Ray Tech's son. Yeah. Then Jack is his son's snarky fucking friend. Yeah, the idiot friend. Where he's friend. like, oh, God damn it, you're bringing this kid over to dinner again? <laughs> it takes everything I've got not to smack him across the face every time I see him. Yeah, basically. So, okay, that, I'm back. Britain <laughs> passes word to Teal that Ryak grows and will be a great warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's back to business. Braytech may have been able to save Earth had they not interfered. He he was sent to kill SG-1. Right. Don't worry, he intends to disregard that order. Right. After he punches Jack. He's like, I had a plan and you guys had to come in here and muck it all up (laughs) because you're a bunch of children. Bunch of snarky children. Okay. So back at the SGC, Walter tells Hammond that ships haven't moved in 18 hours. So clearly they were out for a while. Right. Right. Um, So no one else on Earth has noticed the ships. Really? Like they said like Russia and stuff hasn't I'm sure there's some backyard astronomers that have noticed these. Yeah, there's probably, yeah. If Nixie had her telescope, she'd be like, what is that thing? Somebody tell me what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, and that's when they would take you deep undercover, <laughs> and we would never see you again. Never. Um, so Walter says that they saw an energy burst come from the ship at 1750 hours, just before they stopped. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. A shock grenade, maybe? I wonder who that could have been. How convenient. So is an explosion, an accident, sabotaged, SG-1. And that's when Jerkface dude. Yeah, he's like, well, that's impossible. It's just wishful thinking. And Hammond points out that that hasn't stopped them from going ahead with your plan, which yeah. is also wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, and we hear the first group for the Alpha site has arrived. Right, right. Which is the Alpha site in this world, and it was the Beta site in, in the, the earlier. Yeah, we're going to the Alpha one. world. Yeah. So back on the ship, uh, Braytech gives them back all their weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack wants to hear his plan to save Earth, but Braytech points out that by attacking Clorox, it's now a moot point. Right. Um, he was going to leave lead his men against Apophis, since usually. Like, the Gould usually aren't defeated by an enemy. They're usually challenged by their their kids or Well, if you think family. about even ancient Greek tales or ancient yeah. Egyptian tales. It's, it's a giant always, soap opera. It's, yeah, like, I mean, we were just going over the story of Oedipus. And just yeah. really, like, let me just take my own yeah, yeah. dad out. Yeah. yeah, it's a giant soap opera. Um, but so Apophis would assume, so it, he was going to take his men to attack Apophis. Apophis mm-hmm. would assume it was Clorox trying to take him over. Right. He would have reciprocated. Essentially, the plan is for them to forget Earth and just fight each yeah, other to yeah. death. Let's just, yeah, keep um, the fight over here and, and kick each other's butt because we're idiots. But now we're they, they, idiots. they we don't have to worry about that because Clorox is dead, right? Wrong. Right. Right. Spray tech, tell me, tell me he's dead. Please, please. Nope. He's dead? He's dead. No. No, no, no. There's a sarcophagus. He's in Hathor's tomb. <laughs> I know it's not Hathor's, but I will forever tie it to her. <laughs> Brotech knew that it would delay their attack because uh, so they would wait for him to arise again. Mm-hmm. So it's time enough for the warships of Earth to attack, right? So if anything, we've gotten, we've bought ourselves a little time. Yeah. Let's get these warships. Yeah, Let's the get them moving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, about, Quick, about, somebody do something. About that. 
Um, so we have some shuttles. <laughs> That's right. And Braintack goes, but they're a formidable craft, right? Um. <laughs> Jack just kind of turns and goes, yeah, very bad day. <laughs> so I won't go on and on about the shuttles because I could do an entire podcast about <laughs> my love of the shuttles. Um, but again. While they are amazing, they are not war machines. They are not war machines. <laughs> Um, just, you know, so everyone's on the same page. There were five total. Mm-hmm. There were four originally, the Columbia Challenger Discovery in Atlantis. Um, Endeavor was built after uh, Challenger was lost. Oh, okay. Um, which was uh, 30 years ago exactly, a couple weeks ago. Yep, that's right. Um, and actually, uh, I'm going to talk about Endeavor a lot more later, so I'm going to not go on about that now. Um, okay. But the first full, like the first full mission mission, not like a test mission or anything, was in 82. Oh. And the final mission was in 2011. 11. Um, I was shedding tears as I watched it. Yes. Oh. Not necessarily because it was the last shuttle mission, but because we had nothing else after. We still don't. That's I'm true. I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> I'm also not bitter that I missed my chance to see the launch of Discovery in June of 95 <laughs> because some woodpeckers attacked the external fuel tank and we had to lay it and we weren't down here any longer on vacation. Not bitter or anything. Could have seen Discovery launch. Listen, goddamn woodpeckers! If we had a time machine, I think we know where Nixie's gonna go. <laughs> I still like hate woodpeckers. I can see that. Like whenever I see one or hear one, I still like curse it. Like you know, they're not the most pleasant sound to begin with. So I'll give you that. So anyway, <laughs> I'm not a fan of birds it, like, of any type it, like, early in it, the morning. Like, just it nose punched like forty little tiny holes in the external field. It's a tank. jerk. It was working for the cool. Russians. Stupid <laughs> woodpeckers. <laughs> Anyway, so cut to the gate room, and Hammond is talking to a bunch of people who are heading to the Alpha site. Here is the problem. I think this scene is the scene I have the biggest what the fuckery okay. with this entire episode. This group of people has no clue where they're going. Nope. No idea. Has no clue what the Stargate yep. is. Hammond is scaring the crap out of them because he's making this big heroic, you're going to save humanity while the Stargate is locking in and the kawoosh happens behind them and the look of kind of sheer terror on a lot of their faces Uh of like, uh what the fuck did I just sign up for? No one told me I was going. How many puddles of pee is there under Like, they're just all have pissed their pants. <laughs> and, like, if if we fail here on Earth, they're going to call that place home and start a new colony. Like, yeah. what did you tell these guys in order How did you them, get them here? How did you get them here? If you didn't tell them anything about where they were going or how they were going, what did you tell them? Maybe there was, like, a made-up thing. Maybe it was, like, a made-up, like, hey, but we've got still, this thing happening. But still, does that basically, like, let, do, do they get the opportunity to bow out once they see what's actually going on? Oh, yes. Because if you lie to them to get them here... That's not good stuff. Or if they... I mean, to me, if they didn't... Even if they didn't lie, if they didn't include all the information that's kind of pertinent to making that grand decision... Maybe they don't get the information until they're underground in the bunker, and it's like, okay, now here's the thing. But what happens now if one of those people goes, uh, no? Do they still make them to go through the gate? I guess, I don't know. I mean... I feel like you kind of force our hand because like, once you're that far yeah. in, you're like, well, it just I'm this, here. This seems like the most unhammond thing sure. to basically just 
not really black. Well, and, and how did they like, pick these people? Scaring the shit out of these people to make Because it's him like, look okay, you know, the best and the brightest, but it's just also like, you know, all single people with no families. Maybe yeah. that's what they did. Maybe there's a certain thing that they're like, these are the best and the brightest, and they've got no other ties to Earth. Maybe, but still, man, I, to me, it seems much more likely that Hammond would have him up in the briefing room yeah. and, like, explain sure. to him this and then open, like, have the blast door close, maybe, yeah. while doing this and then open the blast after you've explained that we have this device and no. not just, like, shock and I all traumatize Maybe them. that's part of the plan. Like, maybe if you get them <laughs> while they're in that mode, maybe they've oh. been ramping them up to hear, being like, you're about to do this amazing thing that no one's ever gotten an opportunity. It's the biggest thing you've ever seen. So, when they finally see it, they're like, holy shit, it's I'm in. It's just like, whoa. You know like, what I mean? Maybe it's just in the sale. It's all about how you sell it. Maybe. Per- maybe it's their, you know, persuasion skills. Maybe, <laughs> because I, I have a hunch that if that happened to me, I'd be like, can I can I get more information first? <laughs> can I reach? Just, uh, can I? I'm not saying no. I'm just saying, can we? I'm can not we- going to sign on the dotted line just <laughs> yet. I don't know. I think I'd look around and be like, okay, do I have Nixie? Do I have Jesse? Let's okay. do this. Okay, let's go. <laughs> do we have Kaylee? Yeah. Okay, we're good. We need a Kaylee. We need a, a, a Nick. Kaylee, yeah. We, do we got, yeah. There's the, the four can and I, a half Can of I us. bring a couple friends? Yeah. yeah. We got the four and a half of us? Yeah. Kaylee, by the way, is dead asleep next to us. <laughs> She's been like an annoying, a very annoying, very annoying dog We expected all day. a lot of guest spots from Kaylee today, yeah. so we're lucky that she's We expected out. her running around and a couple <laughs> barks and everything, but she's just passed out now. Um, clearly, we just need to record podcasts. No kidding, to all day long. Calm down. <laughs> just make it seem like we are. <laughs> so after that, we cut to Clark's waking up from the sarcophagus, promising to burn our world to ash. Yeah, well, so very yeah. friendly. Very. He woke up on Is the wrong the side of the sarcophagus. Is this the part his like King of the World stance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, no, he, he just, like, got up and he's, like, gripping the sides out of anger. Oh, that's right. That's he, right. He's not just there yet. He's not. He needs some coffee in him <laughs> this early in the wake-up Yeah, yeah. he's going to stub his toe on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the SGC, Walter informs everyone that the ships are now moving and Samuels restarts the countdown. So back on the dun, ship, dun, dun. Tilk and Braytek notice that they're moving again and the attack has begun. Braytek will try to do what he can with his wing. Which has three people. Four <laughs> counting Teal'c, though. Yeah. But Braytek has trained them personally. So they have four gliders and maybe a shuttle. <laughs> the odds of success are not great. <laughs> maybe they're just not good at math. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can do this. We're it's set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only two ships. Yeah, it's no big... Two ships, three of us. We're exactly. Set. We're good. Yeah. Jack says that maybe time for a new plan. <laughs> yeah, that could be a good thing. Let's just calm down and think about this for a second. <laughs> um, Braytac is slightly annoyed. Just a little. <laughs> He's like, we're offering to lay down our lives for Earth. And Jack's like... Maybe the plan should be not lay down our lives from the planet and get the other guys to lay down their but, lives. Yeah, how about yeah, how about we not die? <laughs> Let's not die. How about they die and so, we don't die? That's this, a that's a plan. <laughs> but I love how that the idea of that like never enters Raytech's mind. <laughs> how has very he not passionate man? <laughs> how has he not already given his lives for <laughs> earlier things in his earlier it's 133 true, years? <laughs> there hasn't been any Anything you wanted to know. <laughs> so the C4 is going to go I off. I give and... my life for this bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> Dude, you can have it. Oh, okay. 
so the C4 is going to go off in 41 minutes. It's time to get to the other ship. <laughs> so, again, we cut to Clorox looking pissed. I think is, this is where he this has This is where the, he does his King of the World thing. Yeah, yeah. It's very King of the world D. He's, like, looking out over literally the world. Yeah. But <laughs> I am the king of this. Yeah. This I'm is going to now. destroy this. It's now mine I'm going to go destroy. down to the lower levels and uh, sketch Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> tastefully nude, though. Yeah, Don't tastefully. Worry. Tastefully. Uh, so back at the SGC, Samus is on the phone saying that they're, uh, the ships are now in geosynchronous orbit around the U.S., uh, and they l- let the president know that they're ready for launch. Walter reports that the launch... F- well, we see the launch in a TV screen computer monitor. That's right. That's yeah. never really quite sure which one that is. It's like, I don't, I don't know what um, I am. What's my purpose? This is a really crystal clear uh, streaming video from <laughs> 1998. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Great quality. Um, and so Walter reports that the launch from Vandenberg was good. Hmm. Um, Samuel admits that he... Don't worry. He highly doubts the SG-1s on those ships. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Because you know fine. a lot of things, It's dude. good. Yeah. All right. Fine. The weapon should hit in four minutes, and they'll continue with Group 9 to the Alpha site in the meantime. Right. Samuels really doesn't think that they should send any more people. We should find out, you know, this is going to work. Because this is totally going to work. There's no totally point in fun. sending more people through. We're just going to have to send them right back. It's going to be such a pain in the ass. At this point, we just want to join Hammond in punching his smug face. So much punching of the face. Yeah. So... Back on the ship, Braytech uh, says that ask if there's any more 4C. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And no, it's all planted. <laughs> um, Braytech then says that we shall have to cross that bridge when we come to it. And Jack points out that <laughs> no. that particular cliche doesn't always work. No, that you don't just get least, to throw that out whenever. At least he got it correct. Yeah, there you go. Words <laughs> at least. Yeah, That's words. Not intention. Yeah. <laughs> Your memorization skills are good. <laughs> yeah. So back at the SGC, Walter reports that the warheads have separated. There's one minute to go. Samuels is smug again, saying that, you know, they're not going to know what hit them. Right. It's going to be so big because we America. We immediately cut to <laughs> America. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> we cut to Apophis seeing the warheads uh, and saying that let them come anyway. He's like, bring up, bring me my fly spot. Who is more, who is more arrogant at this moment? Apophis oh, or Samuels? Like an arrogant off? Yeah. Between those two? Oh man, that would be a fun game. Here's the thing. I would say that Samuels, strictly because Apophis has slightly more resources at his fingertips. Apophis has facts. Yeah. That he's standing on. Whereas... Also, he has a shield. That's true. That Samuels doesn't... Yeah, yeah. Jerkface is clearly just standing on... Hope and dreams and bullshit. And arrogance. Yeah. (laughs) Bullshit and dreams is what he's standing on. Um, We have 30 seconds to impact. Now Clorox sees them too, and he needs to activate the shield. He's going to try to activate the shield, but it's almost like something inside of him is resisting hitting the button. What? Um, We have more impact countdown. The shields go up at the very last moment. We see them impact, not the ship. And and Daniel and Teal feel the boat rock a bit, and that's about it. What was that? Was that, did a bird? Hit the ship. Yeah. Did we run into a, a mosquito? Yeah. Something happened. Um, Somebody cleaned that bug off. <laughs> Walter says that Space Command reports that the warheads hit an energy field. There's no damage. You know, I am surprised that those windows are so clean. Although they we did are. learn that they're not they're real not windows. They're not real windows. Yeah. But still, like, so there's no, just, nothing like, on those. They probably just, like, when a bug 
There's, if there are space it? bugs, yeah, that's a thing. I then just they're made that just out. going to like disintegrate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, those giant space bugs yeah. are really annoying. Gosh, can they you just... imagine the welts from those mosquito bites? We just got. How are you going to clean? You have to get in a spacesuit to go outside to clean off Jesus. the space bugs. It's just. annoying. You think there's windshield wipers on spacecraft out there? And probably. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. You're just trying to they wipe just it back smear and forth. it back and yep. forth. Yeah. Oh god, how annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Samuels exclaims that that's impossible <laughs> uh, because I'm American. <laughs> NASA confirms that the ships are still there. Yep. And you're a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we confirm that too. <laughs> so the team on the ships, they're spotted. They're attacked by some Jaffa. Jack just takes them out of the Zat gun. Quick and, dirty, quick and easy. Right. Um, Hammond's on the red phone. We know who the red phone connects to. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the EMP from the explosion has already affected satellite communication. They can't really warn the public in time to do anything except cause mass panic. And he right. recommends that the president board Air Force One. So I have a hunch that, like, the EMP wave hit and just suddenly all of Earth hit, like... I To me, it seems like an EMP just hit all of Earth. Okay. And that's what they're calling part of the solar flare, is that's what's interrupting Got it. power everywhere. So here's what I... I, I can't... I mean, I guess it makes sense. Wouldn't you put the president on the alpha site? Wouldn't you move the president? But I think if the pre- he might be, I can see he's one of the last people to go because okay. if he's on the alpha site, he can't be directing. Yeah, that's very true. There's not communication back and forth as easily. Okay. So I'm sure he's on the list, but he's one of the last people to you go on the list. You can't just send a melt back and forth? Yeah. <laughs> like carrying notes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hell handwritten Little things. post-its, yeah. So, which is why I'm sure him getting on Air Force One is to send him... We saw the same thing in the alternate okay. universe. He was one of the last ones to arrive, uh, and he just okay. got killed before he actually got there. That makes sense. Um... So Clorox arrives on Apophis' ship via rings, and Apophis uh, will tell him that he will get to burn the first city. I mean, that's a great privilege. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you can have the first, first city. Pillage and rape. Which city? I mean, I can imagine they're going by, they're looking at the size, you know, the EM field, or right. they can tell the size of the city based on, like, radiation or energy consumption. Or so what do you think? You start with the biggest one? I'm thinking either New York or London. That makes sense. Well, I guess if we're going to hit the world... Um, or Hong Kong or something. I feel, uh, I don't know. What is the biggest city in the world right now? Because I know Mexico City's big, too. Well, Isn't I'm thinking... huge? But here's the thing. I'm thinking they're not necessarily looking at population size. I'm thinking they're more oh. looking at who... Because they wouldn't be able to tell the population. But if they, they have sensors see, yeah. hitting the city, I can imagine they'd be able to sell who's using the most energy, almost. That's very true. So that's why I'm almost thinking something like Hong Kong or something would oh, use a lot. Oh, Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's oh. What or like the thing. whole like New York Eastern Seaboard. They area. would just take out the entire island. Yeah. 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 Dang. Yeah. So um, he he admits Clark's admits to Apophis that the host that Apophis picked for him is is too strong right now, and he thinks he needs some more time in the sarcophagus. Apophis tells him to suck it up and stop being a baby and go Walk to your goddamn off. job on the Walk other ship. Off. Get out of my face. <laughs> I don't want to hear you complaining. Zip it. Zip. <laughs> zip it. Go do your job. I don't want to hear complaints. Go. Just zip it. Just go. <laughs> Bring your ass back to that ship. Get your shit together. And go get destroy all a city. Get your shit and put it in a backpack and get it together. I don't care where you take it. Summer, just get your shit together. <laughs> okay, there's my Rick and Morty. There's your Rick and Morty. 
I think I have heard I have heard that saying that quote more than any Rick and Morty I've ever seen yet. You're welcome. <laughs> so SG1 needs to clear some more guards because they're in the hallway because always guards in right. the same hallway that they keep walking down because it's the only hallway set that they have. Right. Well, yeah. Um, Sam has two grenades left and Braytech tells him just don't. Watch and learn. What's the point? Yeah. Observe and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, Braytech stands up. Gets and just basically strings his tie and slicks his hair back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just walks past the group of three. They like flinch when they see someone walking by, but it's Braytex. They get back. And Braytex just turns around and like takes them out quickly because he's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. And then just like flips his his staff up and back up and kind of just like nods. It's like, what up? Deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just did that. Deal with it. Yeah, this is where he pulls out his, his like switchblade out of yeah. his back pocket <laughs> and slicks his hair some more. Yeah. <laughs> so back at the SGC, uh, Alpha Site teams 12 and 13 are ready to go to the Alpha Site. Mm-hmm. And Samuels, who suddenly looks like he's spent the night drinking at a bad bar because well, yeah. he just looks what else totally would he have been done? What else um, would he have done? Thinks that maybe they should use frantically, maybe they should use the Stargate to send bombs through to the address that Daniel had or to Chulak, another world callback to the other. Right. And Hannah points out that A, they can't dial Daniel's address. No. We already tried that. Yep. Although not to send a freaking bomb through, you asshole. Mm-hmm. And two, why would we blow up Chulak? Like, that's a bunch of family and children. There's no, no. reason to do that. And so Hammond puts his foot down. Yeah. I wrote, yay, Hammond. <laughs> In my notes. So, you know, while Samuels isn't wanted or needed here anymore, so he reflect, re- respectively requests to join the team <laughs> to the Alpha site. <laughs> and Hammond denies that yeah, permission. Yeah, no, no. Buddy. And he points out that the idea was to send the best and the brightest. <laughs> so, no. Which is, I think, the best insult in this entire yeah, episode. you fall into neither category. And you he, cannot he, go. And he tells him that when the time comes, he will stand alongside the men and women of this command at defense of this facility. And Samus tries to argue, but Hammond just shuts. Just he goes, shuts him up. Bitch! Yeah. He's like, I will, I expect no more and no less of myself. Mm-hmm. So you better be on the front line and you better, like, act like you're an airman. Like, act yeah. like you were an officer in shit, the United uh, yeah. States goddamn Air Force yeah. here. Yeah. Grow oh. up a little. Put your pants on. Put your big boy pants on. <laughs> big boy pants on. <laughs> Get it together. Oh. <laughs> um, so back on the ship, Jack tries to share a plan, and Braytech just tells him to shut up and follow yeah, him again. Yeah. <laughs> Another continuing theme. Jack tries to say, Braytech's like, nope, listen, don't even try. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Look, youngling. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Padawan learner. <laughs> I've been here and done this for a hell of a lot longer than yeah. you've been alive, so just shut. <laughs> he was probably, what, at that point, he's been alive three times, four times longer. Well, he's 133. Math. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and at Jack, least four times. I don't know if we have an exact age for I'm Jack. Forty-ish. Yeah, he looks like he's probably forty. So at least three times as long. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he, mind you, Jack was not doing this. No, his for the entire first life. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> Braytech walks in. Uh, to to the bridge room, basically. Okay. And Clarks welcomes him and tells him to come witness the power of his god. And Braytech says he can't because uh, you're not a god. You're a parasite within a yeah. child, and I despise you. You don't get to play anymore. So Clarks attacks him with the hand device, uh-huh. um, and Braytech takes it like a badass punk, yep. crying, I die free. Yeah! Let me finish this one scene yeah. before you break into <laughs> what I know you are itching to break into. a little into. bit of, yeah. 
So, just as in the middle of a, a, an action scene here. So, Jack runs in with Daniel. Daniel well, Jane's out in the hallway That's watching right. the back. Where's Sam Daniel? gives Daniel his her MP5. The rest of the team takes out the rest of Jaffa. Teal'c says Braytac. Outside, Daniel has an MP5 in one hand and a pistol in the other hand, taking Jaffa down like he's suddenly <laughs> Rambo. All of a sudden, he remembers. <laughs> Until he misses one. Dang it. He gets hit in the chest, like the shoulder chest near his heart area. I mean, it's still Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. He does take out the Jaffa that's Wait, he, him out, He's though. got a lot of heart, but the skill isn't quite there. <laughs> hey, look. Compare this to the first couple That's episodes. That's true. A lot of heart, zero know-how. But he he's getting better. Getting better. <laughs> um, and Jack comes out to a... He's very concerned, very annoyed. Just, God damn it, Daniel. What did you just do? <laughs> yeah. Daniel goes, I'm dead anyway. you got to get out of here. Jack refuses. This is mm-hmm. a really... In the middle of this giant combat scene, this is a really touching moment between these two yeah. guys who are, like, trying to keep the stiff upper lip. Yeah. And who are clearly highly affected no by tears. this. That, like, no tears. No tears. No tears. No Only tears. Bite your lip. <laughs> Um, and so Daniel's like, I'm dead anyway. Get out of here. Um, he goes, you're just going to blow the other ship. I'm going to die here. It's mm-hmm. okay. I'm yep. going to watch your back. Yep. Uh, Jack touches his face in this very, like, touching brother-in-arms way. Yeah, yeah. They're band- it's um, a band of brothers. And he leaves with an unspoken goodbye. Uh, he goes back into the room. He tells the rest of the team that Daniel's staying here. Um, Sam looks slightly confused and concerned, yeah. and they ringed the other ship. <laughs> this week, I do not have the history according to no. Stargate. Grace <laughs> took this and ran. So Go, Grace. So, okay, so here's where we started. And I actually started with a couple mistakes, so it'll, that'll be fun. Uh, he went, I die free. And I first thought, I was like... Okay, so he's been he's been reading up a lot on Che Guevara, yep. which is actually not the line, <laughs> and he's and even the line that I was thinking of Che Guevara is not the original speaker of. So okay, <laughs> so let's take it all the way back. There's there's this there is were, one of those classic like misspoken song lyrics. So it goes so far. <laughs> so this you know this idea uh, of this kind of. Um, Famous quote. It goes all the way back to the 18th century in France with the French Revolution. Okay, Someone yeah. spoke something similar along these lines. Because I believe lines. that's also a name is somewhere. Sure. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but the line specifically I was thinking of says, I prefer to die on my feet mm. than to live on my knees. Yes, I remember that one too. And that's the one I thought it was. Um, it wasn't Che Guevara. Che Guevara stole it from Zapata. So Emiliano Zapata. So here's here's a little bit of history on both of those guys because they're both pretty interesting. I love how if I were to say these names with my completely <laughs> American accent, it would sound like a completely I considered, different name. I considered giving you the quote in its original Spanish, <laughs> but we can keep going. It's okay. It's okay. I like that the names are actually correct yeah. as opposed to... So Che Guevara, if anybody's not aware of him, he's uh, he was an Argentinian um, born in 1928. Uh, he died in 1967. Uh, he was part of uh, Cuba's revolution. Mm-hmm. He, um, a very educated guy in his I young life. I forget that he's from Argentina. Yeah, he's Argentinian. Uh, he grew up in a household where people were, there was a lot of, uh, I guess, leftist policies. Okay. Uh, he grew up around, he saw a lot of poverty, and he was he was convinced that a lot of the, the problems that were happening in Cuba were because of the capitalist hand mm-hmm. um, of, of Batista and his puppeteers, which was the U.S. Gotcha. Um, and so he was part of that situation, and, uh, he, you know, he... He, as a young man, traveled 
kind of all of South America. Uh, if anybody's seen the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, oh, yes. that is pretty much his story. That is such a good film. Uh, and so if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's got Garcia Bernal. He I is love amazing. Him so um, much. So that's kind of his young life, and that's kind of what influenced his his desire to be part of this Cuban revolution, meets up with Castro, is part of the Bay of Pigs, the whole situation, everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, he's executed in Bolivia by Bolivian, I believe, nationals, with the help of the CIA. <laughs> Interesting Go things. America. America. But um, the original line comes from Emiliano Zapata. So he's the one who says, Prefiero morir de pie que vivir arrollado. Yeah. Arrodillado. Yeah, sorry, I said that one wrong. I got excited. Uh, but he was a Mexican revolutionary before the time of, of Cuba's revolution. Um, but you'll sense a theme here. So I'm around, it. Yeah, around the, the early turn of the century, 1910, 1905, uh, there was a lot of one percenters, for okay. lack of a better yeah, word, yeah. in Mexico. Um, and the government was basically letting them do whatever they wanted to do. Um, they were in charge of everything. They were taking over land and water and all the things, taking everything away. Away from the farm owners, this from the young people. This sounds totally not corrupt in any way. No, no, because they wanted it for sugarcane, because sugarcane was the shit, and that's what uh, people wanted. Sugarcane is and still money. the shit. <laughs> yeah, and money. People wanted all the money. So he, along with a other band of people, so, uh, uh, a guy who some of you might know named Pancho Villa. I've heard that <laughs> name before. So there was a couple of them, and there's a lot of this soap opera style stuff where, where you know, this guy named Madero helped overthrow Diaz, and then was like, just kidding, I'm going to be part of the one percent. <laughs> uh, and so they were like, wait a minute. So now we've got, um, you know, uh, Emiliano Zapata with these uh, three other dudes um, kind of fighting against this. They're the part of the revolution, part of the, you know, they, they they stand with, I believe it was, they stand with the South and meaning like the people, okay. the poorer people. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if that's what the exact word. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I'm uh, pretty sure we're just going as if you're right at but this it's, point. But it's uh, so much soaps, uh, so much soap opera madness because then this other bad guy gets into power. Um, and so then our our band of three guys decide, hey, let's help overthrow this dude. And then they do. And then those guys split into other factions, too. <laughs> and then nobody likes each other. Everyone ultimately just does want some power, except for it seems like Zapata. Now, the may or may not be true. I want to believe it. I want to believe he There's died like a martyr. one decent person <laughs> in this entire mess. At the end of the day, um, you know, the Zapatistas were the ones that instituted lands reforms. Um, after his death, he was gunned down in 1919. Um by a double agent, basically. <laughs> so uh, uh, one of the so ultimately the ultimate bad guy was Victoriano Huerta. That was the last one, the latest one, okay. right, right around the time of Zapata's death. Um, he imprisoned one of his guys, and so. Uh, Zapata sent a note to this guy in prison saying, hey, if you turn to our side, yeah. we will help you out. And he was like, okay. Um, so this guy's boss was like, fine, if you do that, um, I will let you out. If you pretend to go with him, I will let you out. <laughs> so then this dude's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to no, go help I'm you. Totally, I'm totally going with you. Um, totally I think happening. his name was Guajardo. So he's okay. like, yeah, Guajardo's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to go. I'm totally going to do your thing. Just kidding. We're going to execute you. <laughs> oh, and that's how he goes down. So the line oh, was originally man. Emiliano Zapata's. That's the line I was thinking of. But you'll sense a theme here. It's about the poor, overthrowing, yeah. the people with all the money, and the people with all 
power. Just totally like Braytag <laughs> in his his yeah. like Jaffa. He's like, wait to... a minute, we're doing all the fucking dirty work. Exactly. Where is our benefit? It's like a constant theme that runs with history. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I die free. You would think that we would understand this by now. Isn't that also the quote that he is the end of Braveheart? Sure. That's is probably absolutely true. Why haven't we learned this yet? <laughs> yeah. I actually, just like the first time, I was like, I've seen this movie. I own the movie. I'm pretty sure that's what he says is they're literally taking his internal organs out yeah. of his body. Yeah. Is I die, I die free. free. Yep. <sighs> yep. Interesting stuff. Back to Stargate. That was... <laughs> that was uh, your lesson in uh, well, Latin American history. <laughs> a well more uh, research history according to Stargate than I normally bring forth. We always like when we get to mix it up a bit more. Um... So, I will admit that I may have put more effort into this than I've done into my homework all this week. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you have your priorities yeah, in order, listen, though. I can only read so much of Plato before I want to stop. I can't. Before you want to go research. Yeah, can we? Sing, yeah, let's go shoot things. <laughs> um, and so back to the episode. We cut to Daniel pulling his, his bloody self along That's the right. floor. That's right. Daniel. Which again, I'm sure that these the, the lovely men that you just talked about have had to pull themselves along the ground. They while were definitely for. a lot of blood involved. <laughs> so on the Apophis, Apophis' ship, um, everyone aims their weapons to the team that just gated in. Um, but Apophis sees Clorox held hostage. He yells at he yells at everyone, just stop, don't shoot. He yells at Braytac for betraying him. Um, Braytac goes, I spent 133 years worshipping false gods. No more. I'm done. And he, like, shoots the control panel with his with his staff weapon. Yep. They leave the room. They blow the controls. And Teal'c sort of, like, shoves Clorox back into the room before the door shuts. Done. And, like, he has this weird... I don't know if you caught it, but he shoves him. And then he, like, turns to run. And it's like a cartoon because he has this really <laughs> weird, like, turn-to-run movement that's I somehow very cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah, like his legs were going before he actually started moving. Well, it's moving. like his head was the last thing to leave. Like it, was, it was kind of hilarious. That's uh, awesome. So the the other ship is going is going to blow in six minutes. Okay. Um, and before they left the other ship, Raytech actually directed the ship that's about to blow closer to Apophis's. Ah, um, so if they so can, smart. If they can take down the shields in the next six minutes, mm-hmm. Teal'c Point says that they can get two birds, but with one stone. Hey, look at that. He did a thing. He did a thing. He used it <laughs> phrase correctly. <laughs> Not only did he say it properly, he used it in, in the, the right context. context. <laughs> we cut to Apophis's fucking pissed at Clorox. Fuck yeah. Um... They reach, uh, they reach the, uh, the set from Star Wars, from every Star Wars film <laughs> yeah. that goes down forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to be fair, unlike Star Wars, there are handrails on this one. Well, that's smart. It's because OSHA does exist in, in, in the yeah. world. It doesn't exist in Star Wars, though. Um, so, Braytech then goes on, and I had to go down to the bowels of the ship and follow the labyrinth, and you know the scene in, in Galaxy Quest where there's just <laughs> random shit that can kill them That's on their thing. way to the engine? Yeah. This is what the labyrinth had to go through, and while Jack's, or while Braytech's talking, Jack just takes out two grenades, pulls the pins, and throws them and down the hole, yeah. and, and it explodes. Yeah. Um, this is Jack's uh, version of uh, Indy pulling out his gun yeah. and shooting the dude. He basically <laughs> just like mic dropped it. Yeah. Like he dropped the mic that He's his like, grenades down. He's like, are you done down. swinging that around? Okay, you're dead. <laughs> He's like, so what now? We're done. Uh, Braytech announces that now they die. 
Jack's like, that's a bad plan. I don't I don't want that to be my plan. Let's not do that plan. Yeah. Uh, and he asks where the gliders are. The that's death gliders. Um, Let's steal an X-Wing. Wait, wrong one. So back at the SGC, Space Command reports that the ships are moving closer together, together, and Endeavor is on the launch pan standing by. Still wait. I'll go on my Endeavor thing in a second. <laughs> I was waiting. We haven't seen Endeavor yet. I'm going to wait till then. Okay. So uh, Jack tries to make plans again. Braytech just shuts him up again. Okay. <laughs> and he rolls a shot grenade into the glider bay and announces that that's a grenade. <laughs> I was like, pretty sure they're both grenades. Yeah. I'm I'll pretty sure by they... the definition of a grenade, those both kind of qualify. One does not, yeah, disqualify the other. Yeah. Um, Braytech just tosses his weapon aside when they're heading He's towards... He's like, well, I don't need that anymore. Uh, Jack and Braytech are in one ship because we want that buddy comedy to oh, continue. Oh, that's happening. That's gotta happen. Sam and Teal are in the other, and Braytech, like, tosses us this I want them to, like, go, you know, work together on a police force after this <laughs> in, like, some random town and, and, and just have to deal with, like, stupid stuff, though. But Braytech tosses him in this microphone, like, it's these, like, stick-on-the-jaw microphones, (laughs) and Jack finally goes, can you stop calling me human? Yeah, stop calling me human. There's two other human, well, at the moment there's one other human, but, you know. There's billions of humans. (laughs) I'm I'm only one. My name is Jack. (laughs) So Daniel wakes up from the sarcophagus he dragged himself to. Yeah, He's perfectly fine. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure his shirt is... Is his shirt healed here too, I think? Yeah, well, the sarcophagus has really amazing powers. And there's a seamstress that hangs out in there. Yeah, there is. It's a little tiny... It's one of the fairy goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tiny, tiny one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Checks the C4 timer and says there's one minute, 15 seconds left. And he runs. Yeah. Fast. Hey, I just come out of this thing. I gotta not be here and die again. So Apophis tries to move the ship out away from the other ship, but since Braytech hit it with a staff weapon, nothing's working. He's pissed. Daniel's in the gate room trying desperately to remember the address to the beta site. <laughs> and there's 16, like 15, 16 yeah. seconds left. Um, in the gliders, it's time to go. And Sam yells, punch it. <laughs> I love that I guess line. that's true. I guess love that line. get it get it done, girl. So the whoosh happens at the Stargate, the timer is ticking on like three, two, one as he leaps through the gate. The yeah. two ships collide, they explode, the death guiders kind of like they get lunged out of the way, like it's a wave and a boat. All the things happen right now. All yeah. the things happen. Uh Walter says after the SGC, Walter says they reports from all over the country there's a huge fireball in the night sky. Mm-hmm. Everyone is cheering um and at the sgc they have in oh wait no fast back i skipped a scene uh the death gliders their teams are okay everybody's cool everyone's good we made it to the gliders uh the gliders got fried in the explosion though uh they're basically going to fall and burn up in the atmosphere and sam is complaining but jack's like stop stop talking sam (laughs) yeah look up hey look at that and it's the beauty of the earth like, just Earth in orbit. This is, like, basically what Jack's always wanted to see. Because I have a hunch he wanted to be an astronaut as a kid. Sure. Um, That's probably how they convinced him to join the team. Probably. That was probably one of the things that was, like, wow. Basically, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's beautiful. So and they listen, it. If you've got to go... That's not a bad thing to be the last oh, thing you see. I have said that if, like, an ama- to me, an amazing way to go is just put me in a spacesuit. And let me, like, look at the Earth in space and just let the oxygen slowly... 
So I go to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just float in space. When I'm a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm done. When I'm 900 gonna... years old, you be. Yeah. When I'm done with all of my money. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to use it to put me up in space and be like, and we're done. And I'm done. Now I'm going to just fall asleep now. <laughs> Because so, I like naps, too. Naps are good. <laughs> naps are good. So back at the SGC, now they have an incoming traveler. Dun, dun, dun. From the Alpha site. Yeah. Um, but it has SG-1's code. And it's Daniel. And Wouldn't we still, him- like, read him with weapons drawn? Just in case. Well, they're coming. Know. They're coming from the Alpha site, so they know what planet it's coming Okay, that's from. true. That's true. And it's SG-1's code. Very fair. So, um, and Hammond asks if SG-1 is aboard one of the ships. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he explains to he's Hammond... He's like, did they die? And he's like, yeah, they died. Yeah, probably. He explains to Hammond how he saved himself, but they don't know where the rest of the team is. Right. So in space, um, Jack goes, you know, it wasn't such a bad day after all. Aww. And Braytech tells Tiff that they... That's when they should have just, like, closed wide. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Fade <Yeah>. to black. <laughs> uh, Braytech tells Tiff that they will die well, and Tiff says, even better, they die free. There you go. Um, or not, because suddenly we have Endeavor gliding into view with paid board, payload doors open. <laughs> um, so here's here's your science according to Stargate. Woo! So the space shuttle Endeavor was the fifth and final shuttle made. Oh, um, it was authorized to be constructed in '87 after the challenge the Challenger tragedy tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was built using actually spare parts. Oh. Uh, instead of, like, retrofitting Enterprise or building a new one, I know one one proposal was they could build essentially two space shuttles for the price of one. Okay. But instead, they saved money and they used all of these massive, like, because they made all of these extra parts So they basically just junkyarded. Yeah. They nice. junkyarded a shuttle, which is fantastic. That's pretty great. I know. <laughs> um... It's after it's named after Jane Captain James Cook's ship, hence the British style of spelling. Oh. It's always misspelled, including by me. <laughs> well, but that it, makes is, sense. it is spelled with a U, British uh, Canadian endeavor. style. Yes. And war. Um it's also the name of the command module of Apollo 15. Oh, cool. Also with the non-American spelling. Okay. Um the first flight was STS uh, 49 on May 7th, 1992. Fun fact, because I know you're wondering. Yes. STS. What STS stands yes. for? It stands stands for Space Transportation System. It was actually the original name for this shuttle program. Oh! So all the missions are STS blank. You know, I always expect it to be a bunch of these th- big giant words, and it's always like, oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's Space <laughs> Transportation <laughs> system. system. All right, cool. So that was what that was what it was supposed to be called before shuttle was Space Transportation Got System. It. Shuttle <laughs> is so much better name. I but agree. They at least kept STS. Um, so Endeavor, here I was trying to figure out if, like, which, we don't know exactly when this episode happened, but okay. at least aired June of 98. Okay. So Endeavor flew twice in 1998. Uh, okay. One was January, the launch was uh, January 22nd, and the other launch was December 4th. So, okay. unless, so depending on how quickly. Yeah. Um, but there was a launch on June 2nd. Uh-huh. It was Discovery, though, on okay. STS-91. And actually, fun fact, that was the first, uh, the last docking with Mir. Okay. Because right after that, ISS, well, ISS was uh, being built right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the last American shuttle docking with Mir. Okay. Uh, Mir ended up, uh, it was still in use for a couple more years after that. 
Um, I think, if I remember correctly, 2001 is either the, when they last occupied it or when it came down. Goodness. One of the two. I, I think just wanted to know to everybody listening that this is all off the top of our head. <laughs> <laughs> there are no notes for this. I like space shuttles. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. I like, I, it's fun. I like that it was, like, Endeavor up there. I like that the whole concept of, you know, well, we have shuttles. Yeah. You that's know, a thing. That's it, a thing up there. Uh-huh. Here's the other, did the people on Mir, did they, were, did they pass, did they see No, no, these? they were on the other side of things. They, they were, were like, the they other, had no idea what was going on. They're, like, watching a movie. Did, like, purposely, did, like, the, I'm pretty sure, because the ships are just standing there, like, yeah. near orbits. They're in their blind spot the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, just in a blind spot. Earth they could have blown up and they would have been like, what's happening? Never saw these what's two. Ha- they would have been like Jason Sudeikis on Last Men on Earth. Two Egyptian pyramids <laughs> floating in the sky. Just hanging out, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, because I said the Russians didn't notice that the ships were up right. there. Like, I'm pretty sure Mir would have noticed. They were constantly behind reported. them. You know what I mean? Like, they were just kind of sneaking past. <laughs> like, it was, you know, physical comedy style. Like, just like, we're just going to stay slightly far enough behind you so you never know what's happening. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's, that's the comic we're going to do for that one. I like it. So, uh, back to the episode. SG-1 comes through, comes into the gate room. Cheers from... By the way, how did the death gliders fit into the shuttle payloads? Science! Because those don't fit. Don't also, know. they did they have extra spacesuits on board? Yeah, did, sure. Because they didn't have... Did they set it up with a minimal crew so there's seats for them to come uh-huh. back down? Yep. Like, they sent it up with one guy. <laughs> I don't think you... I, these are the questions I want answered, Stargate. <laughs> These are the questions I don't even think of. <laughs> so, uh, they Reasons. Come back- <laughs> they come into the gate room. Cheers from everyone. Hammond thanks Braytech. Uh, this is where Braytech calls him Hammond from Texas and That's motions right. to his bald head. <laughs> the shining like, of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammond <laughs> does this like halo thing around his head going... I have a fake metal bald head, and you have a real bald head. Um, But he must return. Do you think later Hammond asked him for tips? He's like, dude, you're how old and you have all your hair? I know. How did you do that? How do I get my hair back? Well, how do we know he has all his hair? We haven't seen him without the bald cap. Maybe that's why he wears it. Maybe, yeah. He's bald, yeah. Yeah, maybe he he lost his hair. He's like that guy that never takes off his bald cap, and he's like, dude, we know what's going on down there. Yeah, and he just, he he started going bald in early age, and this is a solution because this is extra battle armor. Smart, smart. That works. Um, but he has to return back to Chulak uh, before world, word of the rebellion reaches there. Uh, mm-hmm. He says goodbye wordlessly to every, you know, to the rest of the team. Right. But don't worry, SGC has a few questions for him. We have to debrief oh, yeah. you before you go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hammond says there's someone else here who would like to see them. It's Daniel. It's Daniel, which that's true because as far as the SG-1 team he's is dead. concerned, he's dead. We yep. lost him. And everyone is so happy and seemingly not surprised at this, by They're the way. Like, oh, that makes They're sense. like, you're kind of, in a good way, you're like a cockroach. You're just not yeah, going to die yeah, just, ever. Yeah, yeah. He's like um, that random cat that I always see outside my apartment where I'm yeah. like, you're still alive. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Jack calls him a space monkey, yeah. which I love. That is my favorite term. I'm going to start calling people that. Boyfriend Jesse. I've loved things. space monkeys yeah. since uh, Firefly. <laughs> you know. That makes sense, yeah. Um, everyone hugs, and we pan back. Like, we have this cool shot panning through the gate. Um, and clearly, I guess SG-1s are, like, at least 
Sam and Jack aren't being court-martialed? Well, I mean, I guess if you save the whole freaking Earth... Uh, maybe we'll bypass the court-martial, we'll but we're you know, gonna tell you that you did a bad thing. We're gonna wag our finger at you, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so next week, we're going to hit In the Line of Duty. Dun-dun-dun. Um, which I like that episode because it... I will. All I will say is it opens up a new opportunity of storytelling. Holy moly. Yeah. I have no idea what that means, but I'm excited. I don't really know what that means either. <laughs> um, so here is, here's the big question. Oh my. Where is this, well, where is this ranking on your season two oh, top five? God. Oh, season two top five? <laughs> mm, let me guess. Let's go ahead and put that out one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Slayer goes at one. Yep. Um, so here's a question. Does this break into your top ten overall? Um, oh, goodness. Are we just going to put this Serpent's Grasp slash Serpent's Lair, though? I kind of want to do that. And does that adjust where it sits? Right now, it's at number six, below Torment of Tantalus. Oh, that's... No, sorry. I did not put these in order. But it's number six. It is number six. After uh, Children of the Gods. Um... Yes, I think it stays there, but it is part of the double episode. Um, so it yeah, it's the same story. It's one story that I takes two hours to tell. I think this raises above Children of the oh, Gods for me. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, tell me why. Sell me on it. The, here's here's the reason. I think Children of the Gods is the introduction to it and everything, but I feel like this two parter is a. It's the first time the Earth is really in danger. Okay. The first time we have this larger scale. We're in space. We have spaceships. We have both Apophis and Chlorel. That's here true. To destroy That's Earth. true. But we're not in danger. Like our the the world. Okay, you're right. We are in danger. Like, well, like children of the gods, the Earth is really is in danger. Okay. okay. Like they're threatening and stuff like this, but at no point is the Earth. Literally about to get destroyed. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the is not so much involved. Exactly. Oh. In this one, this is at our doorstep. They are having yeah. to come up with a Literally. false story to yeah. the public because people are noticing. Like there are, I'm sure there are people on Earth who notice this, who are starting to like. Okay. What was that? Starting to question. I'm thinking within a couple of years, there's going to be a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Oh as yeah, to what's that's going happening. On. Yeah. Like, you have, you know, Hammond steps up. We now have, I'm sure they sent people to the Alpha site. I'm sure they're not just going to pull them away. We have mm-hmm. the possibility of now having a secondary base on another planet as a fallback What an spot. interesting idea. I wonder what happens there. Do we bring people back? Do we leave them out there? <gasps> I'm okay, the fine. Right I'm now. sold. Okay, fine. I'm sold. Alrighty, so we have switched. Serpent's yes. Grasp is now number five <laughs> all time on the list. Yes. And we'll put Children of the Gods. And Children of the Gods is number six. Holy moly. It still doesn't pop above singularity. Ooh. Um. Singularity was the Cassie episode, right? Yeah, it does. Well, for me, it would. Yeah. But you sold me on that one before. Yeah. I think this is more important than singularity. I do too. I don't think it. Well, the question does it beat? Does it beat now? um, Um. does it beat Enemy Within for you? For me? Hmm. Oh, goodness. I don't think it beats Solitudes. Like, I don't think I can put it above Solitudes. But does it go above Enemy Within? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Alrighty. I so don't think that's that's a forever our, thought, yeah. but not yet. 
So we've readjusted the list a little bit. Okay. Serpent's Grasp slash Serpent's Lair. This is a two-parter. We're counting it as one episode. Yes. It's not just a... It's literally a previously on two-parter. Yeah. Um, so that is now number four. Uh, Singularity has dropped down to number five, and Children of the Gods has dropped down to number six. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to... Uh, I'll put this... I'll put our current list up on our Facebook page. Yes. Um, now, we did get an email, and I wanted to mention this. Yeah. Who uh, made a case for Bloodlines instead of Cora Eye. Yes, they did. And and Nixie was so nice enough to um, CIA yeah. censor it out for I me. I literally put X's in front of everything that could be but a But I'm not going to lie. It did sway me a little. I'm it's trying to consider it. I'm not sure where I stand, but I got to think on that one a little. Yeah. Because now I'm like, well, maybe maybe it is a little more important than Cora Eye. I'm not sure. Um I still, I still, and I agree, there is a very good argument for Bloodline. So it might be I that the parts that you censored out for me, when we get to those, yes. those will be enough to sway me. Possibly, yes. Okay. okay. Um, because to me, I still, the philosophical argument mm-hmm. that goes on in Korai and the internal struggle within Teal'c and what we see about Teal'c as a character in Korai, I still find more... There are important things. Yeah, it's very important we need Braytac. It's very important that we need yeah. Bryak. All of these things are very important. The fact that how much he he loves I, his right. he loves his family so much, but the freedom of his people is and, stronger. And after Serpent's Grasp and Serpent's Lair, yeah, I understand that uh, Braytac's going to be back. Yeah. Um, but right now, it is so important for me that he has to. Feel that guilt, pay yeah. that price for the shit that he did when that, he did and it, and that's and that's what we see in Korai. Of, yeah, this is not even talking about his, you know, it, it beyond his family. Like he's literally willing to give his life for this person he never yeah. met. That because guy. Because you've got to figure out, like, you know, what other motive does Teal'c have for turning sides the way he did? Yeah. And this is it. Because he's and not so this is an entire foundation. He's not giving his life for his son. No. Or for his mentor or for his wife or for his people. He's willing to give his life for a stranger because yeah. of what he was forced to do and yeah. the choice that he made. And force might even save... be a strong word. I think he may well, have done a lot of that because it was what he did. And it just took him a little longer to realize. Well, in terms of he was forced to sure. kill this older man sure, sure. to save the rest of these people. That's true. And he feels so guilty over him making this choice of the greater good. Yeah. Or to avoid the greater evil, I should say. Yeah. And he still feels so guilty about that. I think we see more about Teal'c's character and what drives Teal'c in Korai mm-hmm. over at Bloodlines. Bloodlines Absolutely. just... Braytech's fucking awesome. Yeah, we meet Braytech. We find a little bit of foundation for Teal'c. Mm-hmm. We we figure out the stuff he left behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now it's so, so it's Korai. Really but close. I did want to mention that. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up. It is really close between those two. So we'll see. I we'll just be think back. there's sure more... We'll be back to that. There's more crunchiness in Korai. Absolutely. So, alrighty, that is all for this week. We do not have any. I don't think we had any for crying out loud this episode. I didn't catch any. I will check, and if there is, so does does Daniel's count as a death? I don't think Daniel's counts as a death because he never actually died. That's true. He dragged himself there. Getting in the sarcophagus, he would have died, right? Or if someone else put him in it, we could have said that he was dead. But he did not die. Okay. So no deaths. No crying out louds, no holy hottas. Yep, and we'll be back next week for In the Line of Duty. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. This is one that I, this is not one I go back and watch often. Uh-huh. Um, so the particular, the, the details, the moments, moment details, I don't remember as much. Okay. The, 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 
the takeaway from the episode, I remember. Okay. Um, but it is, it's a ride. I will, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting episode. I'm looking forward to it. With some crunchy bits in there, so. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for listening. This is a little bit of a long episode, but again, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around. Pure gold. You always know where to find us. You can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search There's No Place Like Tara. Um, and you can also email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Uh, like us, rate us, review us. Yes. Find us on iTunes. All of those things are great stuff. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye!